Good afternoon there, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through our app chat. If you are listening through the app or you just, you know, want to, uh, want, I'm sorry. If you just want to send a, uh, if, if you just want to open up the app, open up the little uh, chat icon there, send a message that way, you can. Uh, again, I've I've posted probably one of the most controversial questions of the day uh, on our Facebook page. If you go to Facebook and look up KPL News, how do you rue homemade or store bought? So I, I don't want to start with the hard news stuff today. It, it's been a it, there's been a lot going on this week, so I'm just going to start out the the week by saying I'm excited for the weather. Obviously, all of us are. It, it seems like everywhere I go, everybody's just got a little extra spring in their step which is weird because it's fall. But everybody just seems a little bit happier. That oppressive heat is gone. There's a nice little breeze right now. We're looking at relatively cooler temperatures. I mean, let's, let me open up my, uh, my preferred weather site. Of course, a lot of the Hurricane Ian stuff is there. But looking at the forecast, uh, today's high, 77. Tomorrow's high, uh, 81, we're going to get up into the mid-80s and kind of hover around there for the next several days. Next Friday, up to 88. But we're not we're not feeling the oppressive heat and the humidity. And of course, in the mornings, it is uh, in the upper 50s, lower 60s, and that's where we're staying when we wake up in the morning. I'm super excited about that. I hope y'all are too. All right. The best part about this weekend is my oldest daughter, wanting to learn to cook, uh, has asked me to teach her a little bit more in the kitchen. So uh, this weekend, and this is why I asked the question of the day on Facebook, uh, whether you use homemade or store-bought roux. This weekend, I'm teaching my 10-year-old how to make a roux and uh, say a prayer for us because this will be her first time. And undoubtedly, there will be a little burning of the roux because she will inevitably decide to stop stirring and look away for just one too many seconds and there will be some burning going on. But it's a lesson everybody has to learn. So I want to get, there are several topics I've wanted to get to this week. And I finally have a chance to, they're not the hard news stuff. Frankly, I'm tired of talking about the midterms for right now. I'm tired of talking about elections I want to talk about some issues that I know y'all care about and you know I care about. And, and of course, one of those issues is, of course, uh, education. So earlier this week, we had the story come out. Dr. Cade Brumley, the superintendent of education here in the state of Louisiana, has announced a plan. He wants mandatory summer school. For students in kindergarten through fourth grade that are not on level, on reading level by the end of the year. So this is just about reading and literacy. And if you want to call in and talk about this, 232-1542, glad to take your call. I find this to be an interesting, aggressive, extreme, but also probably necessary policy proposal. Um, I, you know, again, y'all know I've worked in the education system. I worked here uh, in Lafayette Parish as a teacher for eight years. Uh, Last year was my last year 
in, t- in education. Uh, I miss it terribly. I, and, and I've mentioned before, I am a substitute. I still go up to the, the school I used to teach at from time to time, and I am a substitute there. And I, I enjoy seeing the kids I used to teach. I enjoy watching the new kids who are coming through. But one of the things that you deal with, and it doesn't matter what school, whether it's a school that consistently performs low or if it's a school that does relatively well, there's always going to be students who struggle with reading and reading comprehension. Every student is unique. Every one of their needs is unique. And you do have to take into consideration those needs. And so my first question to Dr. Brumley in this proposal is, how are we determining reading level? Because there are, there are lots of tools out there in education. Some of y'all are, are probably familiar. You've gotten the email from your, uh, from, from your child's teacher, especially in elementary school. If they do accelerated reader, if they do AR, uh, they, get their, uh, they get their star test. And that measures level. It, it kind of sets up their goal for the year, what what they want to get them to. So students who at the beginning of the year take the star test and they perform at a certain level, it the it recommends you know you read a certain amount and you bring your reading level up to this benchmark. Now the benchmark is always going to be, um, sorry. There's too many. Mark is not here. Mark, Mark is is working elsewhere in the building today. So I'm running everything by myself and my ADD is running amok. Uh, but anyway, if you look at a star test, it always gives you the reading level is this range, this zone of proximal development, ZPD. And it's going to be some number with a decimal in it. If your child is in fourth grade, but they struggle to read, your child's reading level may end up being like a 2.7 to a 3.7. Or something like that. And what that means is your child is reading on a level somewhere between a second grader in their seven month of the school year and your third and a third grader in their seven month of the school year. Typically where most kids fall in that in their reading comprehension, in their in their ability to read and retain knowledge. The average second grader in their seven month of the school year and and the average third grader in their seventh month of the school year. That's what that ZPD is, that range. If your child is an advanced reader, and say they're in fifth grade, and your child is reading between a 4.9, which is a fourth grader at the end of the school year, to a 8.3, an eighth grader in their third month of the year, those those zones can be bigger because that's how high your child is ex- that your child can achieve that particular year. That is kind of where they're limited at the time. And of course, I've seen middle schoolers who uh, are just reading fanatics, and they can get they 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 score into the high school years. Uh, I've seen elementary school kids who are going into their middle school uh, reading levels. It's just different for each kid. So the question, again, if you're proposing that kids who are not on reading level have to do a mandatory 30 hours of summer school, which I, I don't hate the idea, but my question is, how are we determining what is on level? Are we just going by the average student 
at where they're supposed to be at that point at the end of the year? Or are we looking at, say, that type of testing and where it gives their approximate, their approximate development where and where it lists their goals? Because these tests are very fine-tuned. It gives them goals for where they should be by the end of the year. So what in in what regard are we calling on level? That's kind of what I wanted. That's one of the big questions on this. All right. Your calls, 232-1542. Does, does your child struggle with reading? Do you think this would be fair to your child? Do you think this is something we need? I want to hear your thoughts on this. It's it's not very often that I get to really dive into one of these topics with y'all, a topic that I know a lot of y'all are parents and you care about. I'm a teacher and I've cared about. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So your thoughts, uh, 232-1542 or through the KPL uh, app chat, we're going to go ahead and take this break, and we will be back here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, looking over at uh, the KPL app chat, Again, if you want to send a message, if you've got the KPL app, all you got to do is hit the little chat button, uh, select general message, and just send me a message. I would love to read your responses. Um, for the question of the day, how do you rue? Homemade or store-bought? Uh, we have one response. Uh, let's see. Store-bought rue because I'm lazy and... Home, but homemade is always better. It comes from Gabby. That is 100% a legit... I think my favorite answer so far to the question is uh, whatever my wife wants to do is fine with me. And that was over on Facebook from Phil. So that is, I think, my favorite answer of the day. But yeah, uh, personally for me, homemade root. Because I, I like the process of cooking. Even if it is time-consuming, I like the process of cooking. And I frankly like... It's kind of the nerd of me. I like studying the changes as the roux uh, gets darker and deepens in flavor and all that. I, uh, I'm just, I, I'm fat. I'm as fascinated by cooking as I am somebody who just enjoys the results of the cooking. Uh, so I like homemade, but store bought, uh, the roux in a jar, whatever you want to get, that is pretty helpful. It can be helpful in a pinch if that is something that you want to go with. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, going back to the education issue. And if you want to call in on this 232-1542 or send a message through the KPL app, that's certainly fine. I'm not somebody who is a fan of summer school in general, but it is necessary to make sure that, that students are retaining their knowledge. The problem with summer school is that you try to fit a year's worth of content into 30 days, which is essentially what you're doing. Um, you can target based on the student's needs, what they did or didn't do very well during the school year, but there's still a lot of teaching that really needs to be done to reinforce this type of stuff and not a lot of time to do it. And frankly, summer school at times, depending on where you are, can feel a lot more like you're, somebody's getting paid to babysit while your kid does work online through E2020 or whatever the online service is. And I feel that's kind of detrimental to students. They really, a lot of students really need the hands-on work, but the, you know, you've got to deal with the fact that, that you need teachers for summer school and you can't always find teachers for summer school because they're as exhausted as the kids are by the time the end of the school year runs or comes around possibly more. So I'm, you guys 
many of y'all may not have ever been on that backside of education, but I'm telling you, getting two through and getting to and through the testing part of the year is in and of itself exhausting. But wrapping up the year is also extremely exhausting. And some teachers just they they really and truly say, All right, I'm done. And they just turn it off for a couple months. And I don't blame them for turning it off for a couple months. I never could because I was always thinking about the curriculum and all that and all the stuff coming up for the next year. But the idea of summer school, if it focuses on literacy skills, on reading and interpreting information, I'm not necessarily against it. But you have to make sure that you're actually meeting the kids' needs. And that's going to always be the biggest thing for me. Can you individually meet a student's needs by having a bunch of kids who are way behind? And, and Brumley, when he's proposing this plan, is, is he's, he's absolutely right. COVID, the pandemic, really did hurt us. We really shot ourselves in the foot on this. Shutting down the schools. In some places, the schools staying shut down. In some places, going to hybrid. What, whatever the the result was, the starting, the stopping, the the abridged years, all of that that really set our students back in so many ways. And the problem is, you can't just throw every kid who's missed a year and a half of of literacy training into summer school and expect that to work. You know, when I uh, when I first started teaching, the first few years I was teaching, I was teaching English and accelerated reader was a part of that, even at the middle school level. And so I was I was looking at the star test data. I was looking at this ZPD info I mentioned in the last segment, looking at all this and trying to figure out what's the best way. Do you, do you give your kids just a bunch of reading time? Do you give your your kids uh, little short things to read and help them understand how to draw information out? And it ultimately becomes you've got to give them a mix of things. This isn't something that just reading and and trying to get them to comprehend will do. There has to be actual training that goes into how do you read, how do you pull out the info, and how do you retain that information. And the problem with summer school, again, not an idea I hate, but the problem with something with mandatory summer school for not being on level is that you have a lot of different things that will ultimately make that a problem. For one teacher to try to handle, if there's a bunch of kids in kinder, uh, you know, who are being held back in kindergarten or, or, or trying to get out of kindergarten through fourth grade. I mean, there's kindergarten, first, second, third, and fourth. That's five grade levels worth of kids who are behind on their reading level. And we had a problem with literacy before COVID. And COVID has only made it worse. Not to mention, what about kids who need help in multiple subjects because of COVID? Are we only going to focus on the literacy? Are these kids also going to have to go back and relearn math and science? How are we going to handle it? I think there's ways to make it work, but you you have a lot of variables to this. And I I don't doubt that that Dr. Brumley has done his research and has has looked at the different uh, perspectives on this and that he thinks he's going the right way. 
I would love to see more information as it comes out. I really would. I really would like to see how the students who were not on level by the end of the year and however we're defining on level, I would love to see that and love to see how these students are going to be able to get the training that they need. All right. So that is it for this half hour. When we come back, I'll go ahead and take some other political issues. We do have a question on the KPL app about constitutional amendments on the ballot. I do want to get to those. Plus your questions, 232-1542, when we come back here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 if you want to call in, be part of the program. Uh, so had an interesting message uh, earlier in the show. Uh, T-Don reached out, uh, said, you know, I, I know you don't want to talk about elections and everything, but, but can you tell us where to go to get info on the amendments on the ballot this year? Well, there are 11 amendments, eight for the November ballot and three for the December ballot. Now, normally... Um, the, the best place to go, and, and I say normally, this includes now, the best place to go is to parlouisiana.org, P-A-R-Louisiana.org. Uh, they're the Public Affairs Research Council of Louisiana, and they give a really good nonpartisan breakdown of the uh, of the amendments that are on the ballot. In fact, if you just go to Google, if you go to Google and type in Par Louisiana Constitutional Amendment, it'll take you right to the page you need to go to. Uh, they offer a one-page breakdown of the amendments. They offer a comprehensive guide to all of the amendments. So you can get a pretty good understanding. Full disclosure, and, and I, I need to say this, uh, most of y'all listening here, y'all have also listened to Moon quite a bit over the years. And, and Moon and I have one issue that we... Uh, it's not that we disagree on it. It's just that we have different takes on it. And, and, and his, his response to it is perfectly understandable. I think we need a new state constitution. And Moon has talked about the issue on his show before, and he's always been hesitant on the issue because you don't know who you're going to get in there to actually create the new state constitution. Perfectly valid, perfectly, perfectly valid. But it's, it's high time. And I bring this up on the constitutional amendment issue because the constitutional amendments are why we need one. In the 1970s, I think we had our last constitutional convention as a state. And one of the reasons for that constitutional convention was we simply had too many amendments in the Constitution. Uh, we had we passed all these amendments to make this change or that change. You know, whenever you have some issue, typically a revenue-based issue, you want to make a change. You just say, okay, well, we're, we're never going to agree to it. We have to put it in as constitutional amendment and let the voters decide on it. And oftentimes the voters have allowed these financial things to, to be set in stone in the state constitution. Well, in the 70s, we passed a new constitution, again, primarily over those amendment concerns, only to turn around and I think it maybe quadrupled the number of amendments we've had since that time. We have too many amendments to our Constitution. Part of it is the fact 
that's not what a constitution is supposed to be. A constitution is supposed to be a framework. It's supposed to be the foundation of how Louisiana's government is set up. If you want to change the funding rules, go through and pass a law. And if you don't like that law, go and get it changed, but don't codify it into the state constitution to where nobody can touch it. For years and years, education and healthcare have suffered because every other bit of money has been protected. And it's high time that we do something to change that. It's high time that we did something to free up some money that these special slush funds that have been created by these amendments would otherwise protect. So we need a new state constitution. That's why I typically, typically there are a few exceptions every now and then, and there may be one or two on this slate of, of amendments this year. But typically I just say flat out vote against every amendment. I do not believe in amending the constitution for the vast majority of the purposes that end up on the ballot. Now that's me. There are issues involved with the amendments every year that you care about and you should go in and form, which is why I say go to parlouisiana.org and pull that up. I was looking over some of their analysis during the break because T Don had asked and some of these, I can, I can say with certainty you may be interested in some of them. Uh, the first one on the ballot for November, for example, uh, larger stock investments for trust funds. What does that mean? Louisiana has about $3.2 billion contained in seven trust funds in, that are included in this amendment with limits on how those dollars can be invested to generate additional earnings. The two largest funds in the list, containing more than $1.5 billion each, are the Kevin P. Riley Sr. Louisiana Education Quality Trust Fund, the LEQTF, and the Millennium Trust. Investment income generated by the LEQTF, created in 1986, is dedicated to education programs overseen by the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education and the Board of Regents, yada yada. The proposed change on this amendment, you need to know, would allow the state treasurer to increase up to 65% the maximum amount of money that can be invested in stocks in the Louisiana Education Quality Trust Fund, the Millennium Trust, the Artificial Reef Development Fund, the Lifetime License Endowment Trust Fund, the Rockefeller Wildlife Refuge Trust and Protection Fund, the Russell Sage or Marsh Island Refuge Fund, and the Medicaid Trust Fund for the Elderly. Those are the seven trusts. And what this amendment is saying is we'll allow the state treasurer to invest up to 65% more money from those trusts in order to generate more earnings. So if you are for this amendment, if you are for the potential of investing and earning more, go ahead and vote for this amendment. If you're against that idea, vote against it. If you don't want them to invest more, don't do it. I... Investing and just in general, investing is a tricky situation, right? And I mean, the stock market just had another bad day. If the stock market is as uncertain as it's been the last few days, if that becomes a long-term thing, do you want to risk more of the state's money in these trust funds to that? At the same time, investment is a long game. Do you want to risk that money and potentially get more reward for these particular trusts? 
that's up to you. This is one of those where I say, I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I'll tell you I'm against amendments. I'm going to vote against it. But one of the other amendments is about increasing. uh, Let me see. Let me find this. I think it's the second one. Yes. uh, Increasing the property tax exemption available to veterans with service related disabilities. That's a pretty good cause. Now, do I want to, you know, do I want to deprive the state of revenue? I don't know. I'm, I'm not really a fan of the government taking our money. At the same time, if we cut revenue, they're going to have to cut money from somewhere else, probably from some, from one of the few options they have, which will hurt the state as a whole. But in general, a veteran with a service-related disability, give them a better uh, tax exemption, typically feel all right with that, may vote for that one. But it's important that you go in with all the information necessary, which is why you go to par. You go to these places that break down these constitutional amendments. Again, there are eight on the ballot for uh, November and three for December. So the first one I mentioned, supporting an amendment to increase to 65% the cap on the amount of monies in certain state funds that may be invested in stocks. Amendment two Do you support an amendment to expand certain property tax exemptions for property on which the homestead exemption is claimed for certain veterans with disabilities? The third one, do you support an amendment to allow classified civil service employees to support the election to public office of members of their own families? This one's interesting. This one I am actually in favor of, and I'll, I'll tell you why. So civil service members by law are not allowed to participate in campaign events, appear campaign events, anything like that, make any sort of public statement. And it's always been, well, you want your civil service members to be nonpartisan. You want them to have this veneer of objectivity. And if they are going to campaign rallies, if they are going to campaign events, if they are speaking, if they are endorsing anything like that, that breaks the objectivity of that civil service worker. But come on. At this point, air your grievances. If you support somebody, if you're against somebody, I'm for I'm for the First Amendment right to say it. I think it's actually a First Amendment violation to prevent them from being able to do that. And so I'm perfectly happy to let them. And you know what? If they support the wrong person and they get fired for it, that's on them. Sorry, you do have the First Amendment right, though. I think you absolutely should. So that's a breakdown of three of the amendments. We can go into the others if y'all want. On a later day when I have more time to kind of read and digest, those are just the the three that caught my eye, the first three. But again, eight amendments on the ballot for November, three for December. All right, thank you guys very much for joining us today. We will be back here in 23 hours on the Joe Cunningham Show. In the meantime, Shannon is offsides is just up next. Listen to the podcast version of the show. It will be available shortly. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. You can check out what I write on KPL965.com. You can also uh, follow me on KitchenPundit.substack.com and get my daily emails. I'll talk to you guys again real soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.